Welcome to the Always About People show. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and we're glad that you've joined us. On this show, we cover topics related to the workplace, people, and leadership, because we believe that we can create cultures where people thrive. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Always About People show. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and it is great to be with you for another episode where we try to cover very practical topics related to people, related to the workplace, related to leadership. Today, we want to cover a topic really about developing people, because every organization that we walk into, every conversation that we have with leaders, we hear the same thing over and over, which is, gosh, I don't have time to develop people, or I don't really feel like we have the right people who can take this from me, or I don't know if I have a succession plan. I don't know if I have the individuals in place. And then it's followed with some sort of a statement around bias, like this next generation is different, or they think differently. And so we wanted to just explore this topic because I was in a conversation last week. And in this conversation with an executive team, there was a question, which was, how do we develop people. And they immediately went to, gosh, we need our training and our learning department to really uh, get better at developing people. They need to develop a curriculum. And it was that question and that thought pattern that led me to, we need to cover this topic. So today we're going to cover the topic, 10 ideas for developing people. These will be highly practical Hopefully, they'll be actionable, and our hope is that they'll help you even this week. So, for those of you who are joining us on a regular basis, we're glad that you're back, and we're just thankful that you're here. Back to the session, back to the episode. 10 ideas for developing people. Here's where I believe this starts, and all of this is in an answer to the question that that executive team asked last week. Here's number one. It's not someone else's responsibility to develop people. So the mere question with the follow-up was, we need the learning and the training department to develop curriculum. When I heard that, I thought, why would you leave it in the hands of a learning department to develop the people on your team? As if we just sort of delegate that responsibility or abdicate that responsibility to somebody else They don't know how to develop people into your role. They don't know what you do every day. They might be able to help with certain uh, characteristics or certain skills or competencies, but they can't really develop people on your team. And so it's really not someone else's responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the training and learning department. And when you think about it, like, It's not the responsibility of someone else's management curriculum to somehow develop people either. Now, all of those can be helpful. The learning department, as I mentioned before, can help with competencies or skills or maybe some curriculum. And even management curriculum or training from the outside can help with certain aspects. But I just want to be very clear that it is your responsibility to develop people, not somebody else's. And so 
if you're watching this thinking, yeah, how do I develop people? Well, the first place would be take responsibility for it because nobody else can do it. No one else is accountable for developing the people underneath you or the people who can one day take over your role, take over your responsibilities. I mean, we've said it before on this show, but your job is to work yourself out of your role, to work yourself into the things that only you can do. And so we really want to develop people to do the things that we're doing currently so that all of us can grow and develop. So the first one is, it's not someone else's responsibility. Take ownership for this. It's your responsibility. The second thing is just, you have to have a level of humility. And what I mean by that is, um, hey, here's the idea. It's not about you. I think so often in, in leadership, we can think, hey, this is about me. It's about my growth. It's about my development. I need to prove to people how smart I am. I need to justify my role. I need the people on my team to believe that I am the most intelligent person in the room. And the reality is it's not about you. How do we develop people? Well, keep a level of humility, understanding, gosh, my role as a leader is to develop other leaders. It is not about promoting myself. It is not about self-promotion. It's not about glorification of myself. It's not about me rising to some hierarchical level. It's really about me developing other leaders. And the only way that that can happen is if I keep a level of humility about myself and about my role, and that the goal is that I would develop, bring along other people underneath me that can take the responsibilities that I am accountable for now and do it even better than me in the future. Isn't that a novel concept? And then I'll say this boldly, we're starting bold in this list, but every time that you think it's about yourself, here's what that looks like. You're going to probably do things that somebody else can do. You're going to take on responsibilities because you think you can do them faster or more efficiently or maybe more completely than somebody else. You are going to take on responsibilities for people believing that, hey, because I don't have the time to really train them or develop them in this, it'll be faster if I just do it myself. And every time you do that, you are stealing an opportunity for somebody else to grow. So was that direct enough? Hopefully that didn't anger you. But if you're going to hold on to something because you believe that you can do it better, faster, more efficiently, etc., I would argue that that's not really showing a level of humility. In fact, it's probably showing the opposite. So the second thing would just be Retain a level of humility that allows you to recognize I'm looking for opportunities to develop each member of my team. Here's number three. Number three is focus on a few. Focus on a few. So it's not somebody else's responsibility. I need to remain in a place of humility, and then I need to focus on a few. You know, I think far too many leaders make the mistake of really believing that they have the capacity to develop this massive group of people. And without a clear organizational structure, I might think it is my responsibility to develop all of these people. The truth is, I don't have the time 
to develop all of those people. And I can't truly develop them the way they need to be developed if I'm focused on too many people. So focus on a few. If you focus on a few, all of a sudden it becomes at least a little bit more manageable. It becomes attainable. And for the human mind, when something becomes attainable, I'll actually take small steps towards it. I'll be proactive. I'll be strategic. I'll be actionable. And I, and again, I'll take steps towards developing those few. If all of a sudden the task looks too impossible, my brain works in a funny way. And I just, I probably won't even start because it feels unattainable, unachievable, and too far out there. And so again, Number three, focus on a few. Focus on a few. Number four, it involves time. And yes, the, probably the most common argument we hear from most people is, I don't have the time. Now, that could be because I'm taking on too much. That could be because I feel like um, I've got too many people to develop, but it does take time. And so, Really what that means is that I need to actually calendar my time with individuals on my team, with the few. And so that looks like one-on-one time where I'm sitting down with an individual, we're talking through strengths, weaknesses, we're talking through strategy, we're talking through how I approach things, we're walking through case studies and specific scenarios in the business that I can walk somebody through and help them understand my own thinking. Again, it does take time. So if you're focused on a few though, then you have the time. And I just encourage you, make sure that you get that on the calendar. Make sure that it's scheduled. And then just as sort of a caveat to that, make sure that you honor what's on your calendar. Make sure that you're not constantly rescheduling this time with people because what that communicates is that whatever else is taking priority is more important than their development. And so just be careful of what that communicates. Here's number five. Ask great questions. I think as leaders, we oftentimes see ourselves as the experts and we want to pass along our knowledge or our wisdom. We want to explain more than ask questions. And so when an individual on our team comes to us with an issue, a challenge, or maybe it's a problem, and they ask a question about how to solve it, our immediate response is to somehow prove through our own experience that we know how to handle this. I have a solution for you. I've thought this through. I've done this before. Five years ago, I dealt with this. I dealt with this last week. And we want to quickly move towards explanation where we actually walk a person through this solution. But truthfully, in terms of developing people, the more appropriate way to handle it is just to ask a great question. And so one idea for developing people is to just simply get better at asking questions. You might not be the the greatest question asker, but it can be developed even in your own development as a leader. So when an individual comes to you with a challenge or an issue, instead of moving directly to an explanation, ask a question. And the question and the wording of that question 
isn't as important as the result. Now, if I ask a question and the answer is either yes or no, the conversation's over. So about the only specific instruction that I would give you is just make sure that you're asking an open-ended question. I don't know. How would you approach this situation? Now, that's just an open-ended question, and it gets the individual to think through, well, here were a couple thoughts that I had. Let me talk through these thoughts. And then by just me simply asking the question, it puts the individual in a place where they're thinking through and solving it for themselves. And then in the development process, all that I need to do then is walk the person through those various solutions and what they think the various outcomes could be. So a follow-up question would be, okay, of those potential solutions that you've just named, which one do you believe would be most effective? Or if you were to do number one, what do you believe the outcome would be? And so really all we're doing is walking through um, in some ways, the hypothesis of what they believe, it's, it's almost like they're, they're coming up with a theory of impact. If I do this, then such and such will happen. And all we're walking through together is, okay, what do you believe is the most likely outcome? What does that mean for you? What, what will happen if that doesn't happen? And by just simply asking questions, I can help an individual develop their own thought patterns so that when this challenge or problem comes up again, the individual will be able to think it through themselves, having the confidence that they've already walked through this with me before. All right, that's number five. Number six, proximity. Proximity is important. I know that one of the arguments we've already talked through is I don't have enough time. Well, why don't you just let somebody spend time around you as you do all the things that you're doing? Have them join you in a meeting. Have them listen in on a phone call. Have them sit with you as you think through and strategize a solution to something. Have them talk with you through a project that you're working on. Have them sit with you within proximity as you work your way through something, because it's amazing what can be soaked up in proximity. Let me give you the example. The example is in parenting. Oftentimes, our kids just in proximity to us will begin to speak like us, walk like us, run like us, ask questions like us, use language like us, think like us, all because of proximity. It's not like I sat down and talked my children through how to ask questions, what language we use as a family, the word choice we use, the inflection that we use, it's all been picked up through proximity. What's scary is when you look at your kid and you go, why did you say that? And they look back at you and go, because you do. And the truth is, oftentimes, our kids are picking up all kinds of stuff. They're learning, they're developing, they're growing by just their proximity to us. And so don't forget the importance of proximity in the development of people, even in the workplace. It works the same way. Number seven, take risks. Take risks. Now this involves courage. Any change involves courage. Now developing anybody, by the way, we could use all kinds of parenting examples here. 
but in the workplace, developing people takes risk. I would just simply ask you, leader, how did you develop? It's not like you just moved into your role fully competent, knowing exactly what you needed to do, feeling very confident in your ability to get it done. No, somebody probably took a risk with you and you've grown and you've developed into the role today. And the same thing is true of the people under your leadership now. What are the risks that you're going to take with them over the next couple of weeks? What steps of courage do you need to take to give opportunity to people even in the next couple of weeks? What do you need to ask somebody to do that is a little bit risky because it might involve an unhappy client? It could mean that we lose out on some revenue. It could mean that I as a leader might look badly in front of colleagues. It could mean that I have to have a difficult conversation. But the question is, what risks will you be taking to develop somebody? Because you can't develop somebody without taking a risk. So be courageous. Even over the next couple of weeks, what risks will you take to develop others? Number eight, recommend books, articles, videos, and resources. Now, again, this is just a way to say, here are some things that I've read. Here are some things that I've watched. Here are some things that I've processed in my own life that I believe will help you. So what we're saying in that moment is, hey, if you really want to learn and grow, you'll be proactive about your own learning. Here are some resources that I want to recommend to you that you could go read. Here are some books that you can read. Now, just pause on that for a second. What's really impactful is when the people under our leadership actually come to us and ask for that list. There have been a number of people in my years in leadership that have come and said, hey, what books are you reading? What resources have helped you? What things are you watching? What are you hearing? How do you stay informed? And those are great conversations because I'm able to share with people, here's how I learn. Here's how I stay fresh. I want to encourage you to read the same things. Here are some books that have really influenced my thinking about people and about leadership and about cultures and organizations. And I want to pass those on. I want you to be thinking through the same sort of material and resources that I am. So make those recommendations. They can help people grow. And again, as people read and as they consume these resources, they're going to be interpreting them their own ways. And those create questions and conversations in your one-on-ones and other time that you spend together. But at least they'll be uh, sort of um, immersing themselves in the language and the material that have developed you. Number nine, connect them with other people. Connect them with people who have influenced you. This is an incredible way to develop people because remember, it was number two was remain humble. So if I'm in this place of humility, I realize there are other people that can develop individuals on my team more effectively than even I can develop them. So what am I doing to connect people with other people? I have a large group of relationships, most leaders do, and I want to connect you with the people that have influenced me. Or maybe it's 
that somebody on my team has expressed an interest in learning something new or learning an, a new skill set. I may not actually have that skill set, but I might know some people who do. And so how do I continue to connect the individuals on my team with even people outside of my team so that they can grow, develop, and learn? I want to connect them with other people. And here's number 10. And I believe that this is really important. I want to provide feedback. I want to provide feedback loops for growth. Because for each of us, if we think back to any time that we grew, any time that we learned something new, it was by having feedback loops where we knew, okay, here's how I'm doing. Here's what I'm learning. Here's what other people are witnessing. Here's what other people are seeing in me. And it's those feedback loops that can either encourage us to keep going. They're also those feedback loops help us to understand how much we're learning, the pace at which we're growing. And sometimes those feedback loops need to be a little bit direct. They need, they need to be a, a, a little bit critical so that even in my own growth and development, I know, hey, there are areas that I still need to learn and grow. You know, one of the funny things that we hear right now about the next generation is that they'll come in on the first day, claim that they've learned everything, and want to figure out how to be the CEO the next day. And the truth is, sometimes we need to let people know, hey, there's a lot to learn. I mean, you might understand a little bit about how to do the job, but you've got a long way to understanding all the nuances of how to deal with these customers and how to speak with empathy and the emotional intelligence and how to lead leaders, which is differently than just being an individual contributor. And so these feedback loops where, again, we're building a relationship, I'm showing how much I care for the person, and by building that relationship, now I have earned the right and the trust to have very direct, candid conversations with somebody about how they can continue to grow, how they can continue to learn, the pace at which they're going. So feedback is so, so important. So again, 10 ideas for developing people. These are not an exhaustive list of 10 things. You can come up with some of your own, but these are just 10 ideas for you this week to help continue to develop people around you. Let's go through them one more time. Number one, it's not someone else's responsibility. It's your responsibility. What are you going to do this week to develop people around you? Number two, remain humble. <clears throat> remain humble. You know, the more that you hold on to, the more that you keep, you're stealing opportunities for other people to grow. Number three, focus on a few. You can't develop everybody. Focus on a few so that you can actually give the time to their development because number four involves time. Take the time, calendar it, put it down, make it a priority, and use that one-on-one -on -one time to develop your relationship, your trust, because it's going to be important for the next part of this list. Number five, ask better questions. I think we talked at length about how to ask open-ended questions and not to just move towards explanation. Number six, proximity. It's important to just keep people close. Allow them to just watch and observe. Number seven, take risks. All development takes courage. How are you going to be courageous? What risks are you going to take 
with people in the next seven days. Number eight, recommend books and articles and resources for people to grow. What are the resources that have helped you grow? Number nine, connect them with other people. Who is it in your life and in your network that you need to connect this individual with that could help them move to the next level of their growth and development? And number 10, provide feedback. It's through these feedback loops, these rapid feedback loops that we all know how we're doing in our own growth and development. I want to encourage you through the relationship that you've built by the giving of time and the prioritization of your direct one-on-one time. It's through that that you've earned the right to provide great intentioned feedback. If your intent is to help develop somebody, your feedback will be taken well And I want to encourage you to be direct and candid with people. So again, those are just 10 ideas for developing people. And I want to remind us back to the beginning, the first little story that I was meeting with an executive team and they were critiquing the development of people under them. And it was almost like they were waiting for the learning department, the training department to own the development of their own people. The reality is it's nobody's responsibility, but your own. So take responsibility for the development of people. And I hope that today, these 10 ideas, again, just ideas, maybe you can expand the list. Maybe you can even expand one of the ideas further, but these are just 10 ideas on how to develop people. I hope that you'll find at least one of them useful. For those of you who join us on this show regularly, we're glad that you came back. I want to encourage you to like, subscribe, tell other friends about the content that we talk about on a regular basis. Again, we try to bring relevant content, so we just want to say thanks. Thanks for joining with us, and I hope that you'll use one idea this week to develop people. We'll see you next time. That's another episode of the Always About People Show. Thanks for joining us. Please, we encourage you to get in contact with us. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Until next time, remember, it's always about people.